Welcome to The Rachel Quizip Show. In today's episode, I'm speaking with an incredible human, Mariah McInnes. Mariah is the founder of Content Queen and is a passionate traveler, digital nomad, serial rambler, and big dreamer with a purpose to inform and educate. Mariah has been in the marketing industry for over five years and has a background in journalism and public relations. A go-getter with huge energy and passion for writing, Mariah has recently found a more balanced lifestyle after being diagnosed with two tumours in her bowel and pancreas. This health scare sent her on a self-health awareness journey, which she's always keen to talk about on social media and other content channels. Mariah started Content Queen in 2019 after feeling a pull to live a life traveling and exploring what the world has to offer. She now lives the digital nomad lifestyle while building her content marketing agency. Today, we're talking about how to create and get the most out of your long form content, AKA your repurpose strategy. I know you're going to get so much from this conversation with Mariah, so let's dive in. so excited to talk with you today about creating long form content and how it can support business owners with their repurposing strategy. Because I know from our chats that you approach content creation and content marketing in the same way I do. You love creating one piece of content and then finding new and interesting ways to keep sharing it across all of your channels. But before we dive into all of the good stuff, I would love to hear how you define long form content in the age of the eight second rule. And would you mind sharing some examples too? Thank you so much, Rachel, for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Uh, long form content is something I've really been talking about with my own you know, community online. So it is something I'm very passionate about because really um, long form content is just that really like that better way to connect with your audience from a post from the eight second reel because an eight second reel or really short form content on social media gives a short snippet into what you know and what you can provide as a business owner or a product. It, it really doesn't matter. I think both um, types of businesses can have long form pieces of content. So how I define long form content is anything from podcasts, blogs, YouTube videos, and how you connect them with your social content is you give short snippets in those eight second reels of what you know, and then direct people to longer form pieces of content so that they can get more knowledge. So for example, uh, what I do with clients and myself is have one long form piece of content that is sort of, and we'll talk about the repurposing, but that's like the, 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 main core piece that we create, um, similar to what you do, Rachel, with a podcast. And then we can use things like eight second reels to give tiny little teasers and bits of information to then direct our audience to those longer form pieces. Now, of course, our social media and things like reels, we also want to use to promote our business, which is you know, within a strategy. But if we want to build more connection with our audience, we have to give them space to learn more about us. And how I see it is people are way more engaged if they listen to you talking, even if it is with a guest for a 20, 30 minute podcast episode, or they watch even a 10 minute YouTube video that they are more engaged in what you do than if they see a short eight second reel. So yes, reels, and we have a very short attention span now, but if we can capture our audience 
They want to be in our space. They want to consume our content. So they'll go to that next level to see what we have to provide. I love that answer. And something that really stands out for me, and I know that you agree, is that even if we have short attention spans, exactly what you said, people who want to get to know us and hang out with us and learn from us and possibly work from us are literally wanting to hang out with us in longer form ways. They want to hang out and hear my voice on the podcast and learn from me there. You know, they want to read like blogs and transcripts and they like, they want to do other things. So this idea that people don't want to hang out with you like long-term is just not true. Like I know it's probably the same for your podcast too. So many of my listeners say I tune in every week Mm. and I know for a fact that not everyone sees my reels or my Instagram posts every week, but my like audience is actively seeking out my podcast and my emails every week. And I think that is just such an important thing to remember because I don't know about you, Mara, but for me, when my clients talk to me about creating content, it's always about how they can create new Instagram posts, like new mm. social media content and the pressure to always be creating new content then from what I've experienced, creates resistance to try new channels like emails and podcasts because, you know, who has time and energy for that? But that's where your repurposing strategy comes in, right? So Mm -hmm. would you explain what a repurposing strategy is and how it's the holy grail for business owners? Yeah, that is. And repurposing is the way that you can experiment with other channels and branch out. And one thing I want to touch on with long-form content is also that, it is another way for people to find you, for new people to find you as well. And there are people that aren't on social media all the time scrolling the feed. I mean, I scroll the feed of TikTok, but I don't really scroll the feed of Instagram. So I'm more likely to find someone through a podcast just personally as a content consumer. But a a repurposing strategy is exactly that, how you create one piece of content and utilize it in many different ways. Now, it's very interesting. I had a bit of a hate comment on one of my reels um, probably a few months ago when it was like, when you create one blog or podcast and then you realize you've got a whole week's worth of social content. And it was one of the trends where you dance and it kind of turns into a new different effect. And someone wrote, repurposing is lazy. Uh, create new content always. What? And I know. <laughs> so oh wrong. Makes you so angry. Just, yeah. And the funny thing was, I think it was like a, I don't know, uh, just a person that loved to create hate because then they, their account was deleted like a week later. But I was like, can you please explain to me how this is lazy? How can business owners do all the things, you know, be the bookkeeper, you know, the, do, do all the tax stuff, you know, everything, and then have to create all this new content every single day, new fresh ideas. So it's the holy grail for business owners because it allows them to save time and be consistent, which I think are probably the two main pain points when it comes to content creation is being consistent and having the time to do it, right? So a repurposing strategy could look like a long-form piece of content, a blog, a podcast, a YouTube. And to be honest, if someone doesn't want to create these right now, it doesn't have to be that, but it's finding a core channel and creating on a theme or a topic and then repurposing that across a week, two weeks, a month, however you want to do it. And this allows you to not just repurpose specific content, but repurpose ideas as well. So for example, you might have a topic that um, a client has come to you and asked a question and you're like, okay, well, I can create that into a blog and I can literally take 
elements of that blog because it's text and put it into my social captions. And then I could use that social caption in a reel that I create that explains that concept in that blog. So it really just allows business owners to educate their audience in different formats and different ways, depending on how they consume content. Some of us are blog readers, some of us are social scrollers, some of us are podcast listeners, and it just allows you to amplify your message out there. And as you said before, some people don't see your social content. And I think it's a very unrealistic um, idea in our heads to think that our audience is going to see everything. So even if you look at your insights on social media, you can work out the average percentage of how much your followers see your content. And it's probably only 20% if you're lucky. So think about that. You have created, poured your energy into one post on social media and maybe 20% of your followers are going to see it. So that is why if you take that concept and repurpose it in different ways throughout the week, you're going to get more bang for your buck and your time and your energy. So that's why I always say repurposing is just the absolute holy grail because, you know, when I first started, I actually created authentic content, new or con- not authentic content, sorry, new content on every different channel, YouTube, email, socials. And I burnt out very quickly because it's, it's really hard to do. So that's why repurposing is, is key. And it's such a good point. Like we didn't get into business to be necessarily like content creators or the content mm-hmm. mill. Like it's a way to start conversations with our dream clients, you know, build the no like trust factor that we hear all the time. But I know I love content, you know, I teach content, but I still don't want to be sitting on my computer mm. every day creating content over and over again. And I think it's also something um, to point out, which you alluded to is that people learn in different ways and people need to hear the same message, you know, multiple times, but also in multiple ways. So they need to see the eight second reel to sort of prompt the idea. They might want to think about something differently or do something differently. And then they want to know how to do that. So they can go to the blog. They might then want to be like a coach through a mindset around it. So they can listen to a podcast, like again, sort of thinking, that everyone learns and thinks and feels and can take action in the same way, I think is also something that's keeping business owners stuck. Because if you actually looked at how you want to engage with content, and I'm the same, like I don't really find people on social media, I'm more likely to find them like on a podcast or a recommendation mm-hmm. and listen to a podcast or read a blog. If you think about how you're engaging with content and you know meeting new people and then actually ask your clients how they're choosing to work with you or how they, you know, got to know you. Most of the time it isn't like, oh yeah, I watched every single reel you ever did when all of my audience said, I listened to your podcast and Mm. I've listened to every episode. I think that is like, when people say that to me, I'm always mind blown again. Cause I was like, oh my God, sometimes I feel like who's listening to this podcast, but people are right. And so again, I need to keep reminding myself, stop focusing only on social media. So I know we started to talk a bit about the benefits of creating and repurposing long form content, but specifically, how does it help business owners get more clients and make more sales? Because as soon as people realize the connection, they're more willing to put in the time, energy and creativity to create these pieces of content. Yeah, for sure. And it's one thing that I touched on before. I actually have a perfect example of how I was converted through a podcast. Um, So I might quickly share that to show the power of creating long form content. So I, um, when I was, I wasn't even side hustling, I was blogging, travel blogging, and I created my own podcast just to talk absolute 
just rubbish with my friends and family. It was actually just like a passion project. And I was, I lived in Melbourne at the time. I was at a bar um, and we had, there was a heap of group of people that I knew we had mutual friends. And I was talking to one person at the bar and he asked me, you know, what my goals were. And like, it was just, you know, drunk talk, deep, deep DMMs, DMs. Um, and he said, I said, oh, I want to, I want to monetize my travel blog and travel and live in New York. And he said, why don't you start a side hustle? And I was like, well, I'm kind of trying to make this a side hustle. He's like, well, I know a woman her name's Ruby Lee and she's a side hustler. And if you follow her on LinkedIn, then maybe you can see how she did it. It's like, okay, cool. Followed her on LinkedIn, but saw she had a podcast straight away. So jumped on that. I listened to that podcast for 12 months and it was after what she taught me so much in that podcast. I started my business and then I hired her as my coach. So yes, it took 12 months for me to convert, which sometimes for some people is feels like a very long time. But if we are here to create sustainable business, business that's going to last us a long time, then these are the channels we need to invest in now, not, you know, in 12 years time when you're like, oh, my business is picking up. Maybe I should start a long form channel. Because yes, sometimes there is a lot of effort that goes in at the start, but it's for long-term benefit. If we look at social media, it's changing consistently, right? We've got Instagram changing TikToks now come in, Facebook, people that used to use Facebook to get sales are now not. And if we don't create these long form channels now, then when these social media channels start to change and don't work with our strategy or our audience goes off them, then we're kind of stuck. So how I see, you know, how long form channels can convert your clients, it's building a relationship. It's the no like, and trust. And yes, it's at the top of the funnel. I'm well aware that it's building awareness, but what you can do with these long form channels is convert people slightly, convert people to your email list through freebies and, you know, sharing your value, even as simple as if you don't want to miss an episode, join my mailing list. I send, you know, um, a reminder every week and you get a little bit of extra info, you know, make it exclusive and you get people on your email list. Then you nurture them through your email marketing and you can sell them that way. So whilst you might not sell a $5,000 coaching package or offering from a podcast. I mean, you can, I have had a client that's done this, which is incredible. Then you slowly start to build up that trust and you convert them in other ways. You convert them through, you know, your freebies or anything like that. And then you can nurture your list that way. So it might not be, as I said, getting a sale straight away, but it could be getting a sale on a small offering that you have or a product or something like that. So Whilst, you know, it can probably be a little bit unrealistic to think that a podcast is as soon as you start it is going to get you a $5,000 client. It could, or it definitely can over time. I've seen it. I've even had um, podcast producers come on my show and tell me that by just people listening to what he does, wants to know more about him. And you start sparking conversations with people. If you invite people on your podcast, your blog, or your YouTube to comment, to follow you on a social media channel, then you can build and nurture relationships with them through the DMs. I love that. And it's so true. Like you'll be surprised how quickly you can build relationships and make sales. I have had people who have listened to one podcast episode and then booked in my coaching, Mm. which is, um, you know, more of a high priced offering. And someone even recently just listened to all of the podcast episodes and reached out to me about my coaching as well. And at the moment, my coaching is a six month program and it's worth over 10,000 Australian dollars. So it can definitely happen, but again, there's a strategy behind that. And it's also about turning up to these platforms and putting just as much like energy 
love into them as you do social media because I spent a lot of time on this podcast finding amazing guests like you, like, you know, chatting to people, writing out um, transcripts, thinking about like how I can step all of my processes and frameworks out. Like I put so much effort into this. And I think if you go into it with being like, this is going to serve me, like you said, for, you know, a long time, then that's when you get to see the benefit. Because I think a lot of people are doing the opposite where they put all their, you know, heart and soul into social media and then quickly kind of whip together a blog that's like a big haphazard and, you know, there's mm-hmm. no SEO, there's no headlines, there's no call to action, there's no images, and then wonder why it's not um, working. And so if you think about each piece of content you're creating as truly valuable and then repurposing, I think that's a much better approach because I'm seeing a lot of my clients kind of go through the common blocks or challenges like that when creating their long form content and then going, yep, it's not for me. So what are you seeing as kind of the blocks and challenges and how can business owners overcome them so they can do the work and then see the results of long form content? Yeah. So it's interesting what comes to mind when you say this is another story. Um, it's it's a common story that everyone knows, I think. In it, It's all about consistency. The common blocker that I find, and it's interesting, I have clients sometimes say like with, you know, if I do any mentoring or what's my issue, I said, your content's amazing. You're just not consistent enough. And that's what's happening. And you think, uh, if you think about exponential growth, time and consistency equals results. And what happens is that's why average podcasts only have 20 episodes because people don't see the results and they give up or they don't, they don't put it into their schedule. They don't build a habit and they give up. So this story is about the um, the miner picking for gold. And it's an old story in Think Grow Rich. And he's picking for gold and he keeps picking, keeps picking. And he knows the end goal is gold. And he's been told there's gold here. But he his mindset kicks in and he's like, this is a waste of my time. This isn't getting me anywhere. So he gives up and he sells all of his equipment to a guy in the local town. And the guy in the local town gets the equipment, goes in three feet, he has to pick and he finds the gold. So it's just like a story about the consistency and not giving up. And yes, I'm very aware that there are channels that aren't suited for certain businesses. And I think it's that's why doing research and understanding the type of content you like to create and the type of content your audience likes to consume. But it's usually a consistency thing that blocks people. It's like, okay, this isn't working. I'm just going to give it up, give up on it. And depending on how much time, money, and energy you are putting into it, I can understand that there are times where maybe you just need to take a pause or you need to re-strategize or you need to outsource. But if there is a channel that, say, for example, I have 120-something blogs on my um, on my website and that is still there. That's not going anywhere. I have X amount of podcasts. So if there is a time where people are feeling blocked or they are not being as consistent. The best thing, like the amazing thing about long form content is that it's, it's evergreen as well. It'll continue to generate interest over time. You know, it'll continue to be seen if, if you've done the right SEO and all that, it can continue to get found. But sometimes you just have to take a pause, think about the like where it's going, what the long-term goal of this platform is, and then think of a way of how you can continue to be consistent. Because I mean, if we all showed up on every single channel, we would be very burnt out. But if we could manage that, we would get seen by so many different people. But of course, it might not be the right people. So it's really about doing the research, 
being consistent and then measuring and assessing where you're at with that platform. And maybe potentially it's not for you at that time. That's okay. But having to think about if I don't have any long form content, then there is nowhere for my audience to go if they're not ready to buy from me. So I think it's a mindset thing. And I, and I know it can be hard. I mean, there's some days where I don't feel amazing about the podcast or I don't feel, but at the end of the day, I know over time, these things work. It will happen over time because it's exponential growth. And I always measure, look at the statistics, look at what's working. If there's a podcast episode that did so well, why did that do well? So it's, it is about consistently looking and seeing at ways that you can improve because you could make one small change and it could, you know, impact for the, for the better the way that your long form content is delivered to your audience. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different challenges, but I think it definitely does come down to the mindset. I agree. And I think for me personally, I even go deeper with consistency because I look at consistency in like message and, you know, call Mm -hmm. to actions Mm -hmm. and like the vibe and the approach and then frequency, like how often you're showing up on that platform or creating podcast content or writing a blog. Because I think when you break the two down further, you can then really see what's tripping you up. Is it that like, you don't really know what you want to be saying and like who to invite on the podcast or the direction, or is it that you randomly decided that you wanted to do three episodes a week. And then you're like, I can't keep that up anymore. Or, you know, you get pregnant or take on a big client. You're like, well, I can't do it weekly anymore. So instead of stopping the podcast altogether, like you said, it comes down to mindset. You can be like, okay, well, how about I do the podcast fortnightly Mm. or monthly, or I, you know, I record in batches and then I can, you know, drop them out and that kind of stuff over time. Cause I think, Again, a lot of my clients, um, and I know listeners are perfectionists in this kind of belief, like if you can't do it right, you shouldn't do it all. But I think a lot of the time it's those self-imposed kind of like deadlines or that I have to do this or have to do that in a certain way. And you realize you don't, you don't actually have to, and that you have permission to change. Perfect example. This podcast started off as solo episodes only for about the first year. And then I think it was around maybe like October, November last year, I started having guests and like, you know, splitting it up between solo episodes and guest episodes. And I'm considering right now if I'm going to actually scale back the guests and go back to solo episodes um, more so. But again, I have permission to change that instead of being like, nah, I'm just going to, you know, stop podcasting altogether. I was like, how can I mix up the strategy? Because at the time I was like, I don't have the energy and time and creativity to be doing weekly episodes, but I still want to add value to the podcast. So I thought about a different way to do that, which was having amazing guests like yourself. So I think you're right. It is like a mindset and giving yourself permission to like assess Mm. the data and then to change things. So Mm. I would love to know, because I'm obsessed with hearing everyone's stories, particularly with content. Do you have like one story that you always share when it comes to like your content creation or your content marketing strategy and how it's helped you to like really grow your business or make more money or meet someone cool. Do you have any stories like that you could share? Yeah, this is it. I have lots of stories all the time. Um, so I think, you know, what, what comes to mind is when I first started my business and I was side hustling, um, and kind of what was happening is, yeah, I worked in marketing, but I, I didn't, I wasn't as 
educated in content marketing because I worked for a business that had 170,000 Facebook followers. So content creation was kind of easy um, because we built Facebook when it was, you know, fresh and everyone could grow quite fast. Um, so I was like, okay, I just need to be on like all the channels, like every single channel I need to be on all Twitter, everything. So that's when I was saying before I had like different content for different channels and that to me, and I was working full time. It was so hard to keep up with because like I would spend a lot of my weekends and then nights. And I also wanted to work for clients, right? So I also had to make money. Um, so it was really hard to balance. And I was finding I was getting really burnt out. And I also still had my travel blog and my travel podcast, well, not travel podcast, but my personal podcast. And so I just couldn't do it all. And I went to Europe for six weeks um, to as just on a holiday. And it really gave me perspective on how much I can actually do. And so when I got back, I reassessed and I made some changes. And that's when I sort of started to formulate a strategy that worked for me. And that strategy was very similar to what we spoke about, having a long form piece of content and then using that content to uh, amplify and repurpose across social media. I cut back a lot of my channels like Twitter I didn't need. And that's why doing the sort of um, looking at the measurement and data and sort of going like, is this really worth it? I think, you know, as well, just from the, you know, the engagement you get, or you look at your analytics and you're noticing on Google that no one's coming from my website from Twitter. So why am I posting on this platform when my audience isn't there? So I stripped everything back and just started again and really honed in on the channels that I thought were beneficial for me. And from there, things changed. That is when I started to get noticed. And that's when I got actual retainer clients. And the beauty of it was, is I didn't actually have to promote that I did retainers. I just had to share my education and my knowledge and then have conversations with people. And as you said before, you know, referrals and everything like that, but it was the content that got people there because they could see that I knew what I was talking about. And that is where my business kicked off. And I was able to quit my full-time job because I could earn enough to then make up the salary that I was earning in corporate. And it really did come down to honing in on a strategy that worked for me and could allow me to be consistent. And as I said before, with exponential growth, it it just happened. And maybe someone didn't see a Facebook post of mine or an Instagram post of mine and um, bought from me straight away, but they saw that I knew what I was talking about, had conversations with me, and then I was able to start working with that person. So it's just so interesting how one content marketing strategy change completely changed the way my business kind of unfolded from there. Um, and then I started using this strategy with my clients. And the amazing thing with one of my clients, when she started working with me, was like, oh, I don't really like sharing much about myself. And, and she was a coach. I was like, okay, well, let me help you do that. Um, and now she has no problem at all. And in three months, her, her website views, her social stats just tripled. And it was just from honing in on a strategy and being consistent with it. And I think that's when I just realized how powerful, and that was in 2020. So both of these stories happened in 2020. So it was just really um, kind of amplified to me how important just having a strategy. Now, the strategy might not be exactly perfect, but it's something to focus on. And then you build and grow it from there. You do tests and you see what works, you see what doesn't. Uh, and I mean, life and business is one big test trial and measure, but it, it just blew my mind away that I could 
focus on a certain strategy and just have such incredible results like long-term and it just continues to grow. And then now I can just tweak that strategy to see fit for my clients or myself. I love that story. And thank you so much for sharing it. Cause I think it's a beautiful reminder of why you don't need to be doing all of the things because, you know, mm. as soon as like Instagram does something different or now we have to be on TikTok, I'm totally gu- guilty of, to- of this too. We're all like, oh God, another thing. But <laughs> yes. if you have like a decent strategy that you've put together that feels good and aligned that, like you said, you want to kind of show up and do consistently, that's getting results and then you're focusing on that and tweaking that. It doesn't matter what next platform is developed and it doesn't necessarily matter what changes are made to Instagram because you already have everything there to build those long-term relationships, to have those conversations and show your value. And so like I'm way less stressed Mm. than, you know, I used to be years and years ago when there's changes or new platforms. I'm just like, oh, do I need to be a part of that? No. Can I add it to my repurposing strategy? Yes or no. And then, you know, it, based on the answers to those questions, I move on and, you know, I'm not creating content on TikTok. I don't do a whole bunch of reels and just like you, I'm still getting clients because I'm focusing on the podcast and I've started an email um, instead, which I used to do a lot more of. So I'm starting mm-hmm. like a ponderings email where I talk about different topics again in long form that is different to the podcast, which is kind of more how-to. And that feels really good and aligned to me and is getting fantastic, um, you know, engagement and comments and stuff like what I used to get on Instagram. But because I have that, I can just keep focusing on that. And it doesn't matter if I don't get all of the views and, you know, engagement stuff that I used to get on Instagram. So Mm. if a business owner wanted to start incorporating some of the content creation practices we've kind of touched on strategies, taking actions, etc. What are the three simple things that they can do today? Perhaps some of the you know suggestions that you make to your clients. Yeah. So as I mentioned before, um, having a long form content piece is really gonna save you time and energy and help you be consistent. So do the things that are going to get you the results. So. The first thing that I would think about is just what channel out of, you know, podcasting, blogging um, and YouTube or video without feeling overwhelmed. Don't worry about all the how do I do it, but just have a think about am I a writer? Do I like to share my voice or am I comfortable on video? Have a think about which one and don't worry about, oh, but that channel's dead. Like just think about the channel that you really like showing up on or you would like the idea of showing up on and start making a tiny plan of how that, what that could look like and what you could do. And from there, then you can start, you know, setting a goal to launch it or whatever that looks like. I know so many people that are like, I just want to start a podcast. Just do it. Just do it and find out what happens, you know, of course, adding into your strategy. So that's the first one, just having a think about what long, or if you've got one, how can I bring it back to life or what can I do to review it or make it, you know, um, better or improve on it or repurpose it. The second one is having a think about, you know, the consistency, what can I do to be consistent? And I love what you said before about consistency is more than just frequency. It can be messaging, things like that. So it could be, if I started this long form channel, how can it, blend into what I'm selling. So for example, if I'm promoting a workshop for the month of July, what podcast topics would I need to do that could potentially blend into that offering? And it doesn't mean you have to 
sell your coaching program on uh, your podcast, but the topics could be related to what you teach in your coaching so people can get a really good feel for it. So I think it's just like with that, how can I be consistent and, and blend it into my strategy? And the third one is test trialing and measuring. So don't be afraid to get started on something and if it doesn't 100% look like your vision. Um, I'm not a perfectionist, so this helps me a lot because I just do and learn. So unfort- like for perfectionists, sometimes this can be really, really hard, but just know your first podcast, your first blog, your first video, your first social post, your first email is never going to be as good as your 100th podcast, your 100th, you know, you know where I'm going with this. So sometimes you just need to try test and then measure the result. And the the measurement doesn't have to be, I have to go and look at all these numbers and know everything. It's just measuring it through, as you say, people replying or um, feedback you've gotten from a friend even, and just starting to have that test trial and measure in your mindset that this is me continuing to grow and learn about what works and what doesn't to better my business. And unfortunately, you're never going to get to the day you're like, I've got it. I never have to do another formula again. This is it because just like the gym, you don't one day wake up and say, oh, well, I've reached my full capacity at the gym. I never have to go again. Or with anything, it's the work, the inner work, mindset work. It's never just, that's done. Tick that off the list. It's always growing and evolving. So if you can have this test, trial and measure mindset, it's just like every um, engineer who has a fail is so excited because they know, okay, that doesn't work. I'll move on. So if you kind of shift that mindset, it makes content creation fun. Cause you're like, I'm just going to see if this works and let's see what happens. And then how, and then sort of moving on from there. So they're, they're my three things. I love that. Especially the last one. It's definitely a mindset that I've always taken to content creation too. And I find as soon as I kind of fall out of that mindset and start feeling the pressure to create content to get results it ends up not being fun and then the whole thing kind of feels like heavy and overwhelming and then I always like you said have to come back to like no let's just have some fun again like create content that feels aligned that's coming up for me that I know my clients have liked in the past you know maybe I'll try it in a new way or I'll post at a different time or I'll try a different headline and like, you know, mm-hmm. and then see what kind of happens. And sometimes it really is just like a tiny little tweaks so and like, oh, that's all I needed to do. And now people are getting access to the content and loving the content as opposed to like, oh, I'm just never going to post or no one cares about what I have to say now. Like it's so easy to kind of fall into that because a lot of us are pouring like everything into our content, right? So it can feel really mm. personal, but remembering that what you're putting out there, if people aren't responding the way you want, it's it's not personal. It could just be something really tiny that you could tweak and then you can go have fun with it again. Mm-hmm. So if Love you that. wanted listeners to take away one thing about long form content and their repurposing strategy, what would it be? Amazing. So for the long form content, um, I would say the interesting thing about this and repurposing as well is A lot of the times, as you said before, because we are pouring all of our energy into something, we can take it personal. Sometimes, and even when you're feeling blocked or challenged, it's so good to have someone that you can brainstorm ideas off or that you can talk to. And it doesn't even have to be like, I mean, I'm a big advocate for coaches and for outsourcing and everything. Like that's like, I've always done that in my business since I started. But even just having um, a partner or someone that might not even know what you do. But I find once I start talking, I work it out myself. So 
what's going to happen is there is a lot of people online that's going to say, do this, do that. You know, I've just given advice as well. You take what works for you and then you implement it and what works for your audience, you have conversations with your audience. But if it does, something doesn't feel good for you, then it's not worth doing just because someone says, oh, you have to create reels every single day or reels is going to sell in your business. And if reels don't sell for your business, you don't have to be hard on yourself. Um, but having that support and someone there to just like talk to, so you're not finding that you're getting stuck in your own mind of, oh my God, I'm not doing this right. Or blogging. Why did I even start with blogging? That was just stupid. I shouldn't have done that. Like you can start talking to someone and getting those ideas out. And then it can just, as you say, it might be a small tweak that you need to make, but I think having like some support there and not always, there's going to be hundreds of voices telling you what to do, but focus on the voices that mean something to you and then trusting yourself. And with that, you can create something so powerful and unique. And that's, the thing with online content is, you know, we do want it to be unique. And whilst unique doesn't mean you have to spend extra time, it actually, if you're yourself, and even if you are got a logo behind your brand, you instill that personality online and you will stand out because you are unique. And that's all about like staying in your own lane. So that wasn't one thing that was like 10 things, but you know, you kind of get where I'm going with this. Oh, I loved it. I think it's such a perfect place to end on, especially about trusting yourself with your message, with how often you'd like to share things, of what platforms you want to be on, just with your content marketing strategy as a whole. Because you're right, I offer suggestions and practical tips and advice all the time too, but you're so right. If it doesn't feel good to you, just put it to the side and come back and revisit it. It might feel good later on, or it might just mean that it was never going to be suited to you and you don't have to do that. So thank you so much for coming on to the Rachel Kujip show and for sharing all of your incredible stories, insights, and wisdom. I know listeners are going to take away so much from this episode. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. And thanks everyone for listening.